Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Power Your Life. And I am very excited today because we're doing something incredibly special. We have so many people who are focused on helping our planet sustain, which also means taking a look at all of the beings, including the people and the animals, the flowers, the plants, into a beautiful future. And one of those persons we're going to have on the show today, and her name is Amelia Kincaid. She is an incredible author and one of the world's most renowned animal communicators. Amelia is sought by veterinarians, animal rescue organizations, and animal lovers worldwide. She's the founder of Archangel Society and the Language of Miracles Institute online. Amelia travels globally promoting the protection of our endangered species. Her charity, Archangel, teaches children in rural African communities the importance of animals and our need to protect them and to treat them compassionately. Her books include Straight from the Horse's Mouth and The Language of Miracles. In her newest book, which I'm holding in my hand, Whispers from the Wild, Amelia shares secrets from the animal kingdom. With each animal encounter, Amelia comes with the same love and compassion, whether it's a beloved pet or a wild black mamba. Hello, Amelia. How are you? Hi, Joanne. Thank you for that. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much. I have to tell you something. I could not put this book down. It makes me want to read the other two books, which I haven't. It's beautifully written. And the sensitivity to the animals, and we're going to get into that, to the animals and to what they're telling us and how they're helping us. And just their amazing spirits is, is a tribute to them and to you who were able to capture that. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I've got some amazing news because now I just got an email. I I got invited to Zimbabwe. Mm. So this was the home of Cecil the lion. Right. If Yeah, this was the lion that got killed. He was actually kind of a local celebrity, as they are in Africa. When you go there and you get you go out on safaris every year, you you get to know these animals. I mean, the same elephants are going to greet me every single year. And I, my charity, I'm going into rural communities and I'm working with the children, Joanne. So we're dancing as elephants, drawing elephants, making up plays about elephants and poachers. In Rwanda, I do it with the gorilla. And here in Zimbabwe, I'm going to do it with the lions. 
So, you know, I think, I think it's so important what you're doing in terms of educating children because they are the ones that are the future and they are the ones that are going to de- determine our treatment of animals. And when they see them and they're sensitive to, to their wonderful spirits and to what they offer and to their, their lives, it's going to make a huge difference. So kudos to you for doing that. Our oh, list- thank you. Our listeners, we just have a lot of questions. Um, so this book, firstly, it explores some of the encounters and the discussions and you know, the conversations that you had with with animals. And many of many of our listeners know about being psychic. I actually, when 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 one of my beautiful cats was ready to pass over, I contacted an animal communicator to speak with 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 my Selena and and so it was really beautiful to to recognize that that we can. So tell me something. Okay, you have in, these incredible stories. What story in terms of a, the specific communication that you had with animals whether it was the elephant or the black, you know, which which story stands out in terms of a message for people? for humans in terms of what we're doing on the planet? Well, I mean, it's, I've got, I've got a chapter, as you know, about tigers. Right. And then about elephants and then so lions. Let's, let's, let's do as many I'm, as we can. Let's start with so, one. I mean, it's impossible for me to single one. I will tell you that I started with the tiger story and I'll recap the tiger story because at this moment in our our evolution on this planet, and we're acknowledging that when our animals are endangered, we're endangered. And I started this book with um, a story where the NBC Nightly News had followed me into a, um, a, a big cat sanctuary in southern Florida. Now, my mentor in the language of miracles was Captain Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut, and when Dr. Mitchell was on the on his way back from the moon after the Apollo 14 mission where he walked on the moon, right. he had this epiphany where he's looking at the planet from outer space. And he, as at that time, the world was in, you know, the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at it thinking, well, here are Americans, here are Russians, here are Chinese, here are North Koreans. Why can they not get along? They're all earthlings. Why can they not get along? And when I first met one of the most brilliant men of of our century, he was finishing Einstein's unified field theory in his spare time for fun. I mean, he redesigned the space station for fun. Right. (laughs) I met him at an address where he was keynoting in front of 500 screaming people. I wasn't supposed to be able to get to him backstage, and by some miracle I managed to, as God would have it. I said to him, well, Dr. Mitchell, what about the animals? They're earthlings too. Mm -hmm. And it started this amazing conversation that's evolved into my Language of Miracles book and what is now my Language of Miracles Institute online. I'm rebuilding an entire website so that I can offer training and meditation for people every day of their lives. 
But Captain Mitz, the NBC Nightly News came to me and said, we want to do a special on you. Now, sadly enough, it never aired because we got into a big war right after I had filmed this. So it didn't get to air. But Dr. Mitchell came with me as my mentor. And the camera crew filmed me before I'd ever been out to the sanctuary. So I hadn't, I don't do web searches. I don't look for information in advance. I don't cheat in any way. This is between me and that animal and God. And the God within them and trying to contact the God within me. And in my mind, I reached out to these big cats and I asked, tell me something really exciting because I'm, I'm about to go on the national news tomorrow. Not only am I going to try to tell the entire country that you can talk, that you can think and feel the same way that we can, but that I can actually get messages from you and that I can teach other people how to do this. And I landed on a pen where there was a tiger, and I said, what's happening out there? Is there any big news? And she said, well, our eldest tiger's having problems with one of his teeth, and, and we're very worried about him. So in my mind, I scan the next one. Now, I talk about this a lot in my, in my writing, about scanning the field that we're looking for disturbances in the field. I'm reading frequencies from the animals that are no different from a radio frequency. Now, every animal is thinking and feeling, and they're sending out music into the world around them. So we're learning that there's something within our bodies, there's a mechanism within us, this new spiritual aspect that allows us to actually pick up those frequencies and learn how to listen. And I'm using pictures, words, sight, smell, hearing, sensation in the body. You're using your entire system like a pinball machine to try to pick up information and then to analyze it. Every single cat had the same story. I, 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 my mind landed on a big black leopard and he said, our eldest tiger's having problems with his teeth. I don't want it to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And he's in a lot of pain. So when we arrived at the sanctuary, I had the camera crew with me. And I turned around and I said, well, they all say their eldest tiger is having problems with one of his teeth. And they said, do you know which one it was? And I, I entered his body, his energetic field, and I felt a sharp pain in my upper left molar and I said, it's an upper, upper left tooth. So when we walked through the sanctuary, we turned a corner, and I happened on this magnificent, huge tiger. And he was obviously the king of this entire sanctuary because they have kings. You know, they have hierarchies in the cat world. Mm-hmm. And as I approached him, I saw that he was dripping blood from his upper lip. And they had tried to remove an inoperable brain tumor by extracting one of his molars and having a surgery up through his nasal cavity. Oh. And he was going to die. I mean, he. But we had the most heavenly communion, and it was really at that moment that I said, I promise you that I'm going to devote my life to trying to save 
your species. Because if there's one that's going to go very soon, I mean, the rhino are almost completely gone off the earth, as most people know. When I, when I go to Africa now, there are no rhino. Mm. That's how bad it is. There are no rhino anymore. We've poached them off the face of the earth. But the tigers are the next to go. If they have a year or two in the wild, it'll be a miracle. So I'm on a campaign to try to awaken something within people's hearts so that they acknowledge that the spirit that created us all is the same spirit. Whether whether I'm talking to a, a whale or we're talking to your dog or your horse or your cat, that spirit within them is the same consciousness within us. And it's going to perceive the world differently depending on the way that specific body is supposed to operate. But I think, I mean, I know you don't have a listener out there that doesn't know that the cat and dog and horse can think and feel. It's just a matter of how can we silence our minds enough, silence our emotions, and learn how to listen. You know, Amelia, I'm right with you because I work with with energy and being able to connect with energy, whether it's with, with a person or an animal or a tree. And I get, and and hopefully many of our listeners are hearing that the the it's not even human, it's but the the beingness of of every living creature. And I totally support that. I think that the message that you're delivering is so very important. And hopefully it's in time because like you said, so many species are becoming extinct and I'm signing petitions all over the place. Save the elephant, save the tiger. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking that, that we are not recognizing, like you said, and I want, want you to go into this a moment more that when these species are dying off, we are also putting ourselves at risk. Could you explain that in more thoroughness to our listeners? Because well, I think you know, I, I mean, I, I can tell you uh, on a lighter note, one of the funniest <laughs> chapters is it turned out to be quite funny, and I don't know why. You know, I'll start writing and something will happen. And the funniest chapter is the one about bees. And the bee story was that I was teaching in in Switzerland and I had an organic beekeeper emailing me obsessively about how she wanted to bring her bees to the workshop and have us all communicate with her bees. So she was going to bring these bees in a box on Sunday. Well, I can't even tell you because she is a bee. So there there were hundreds of emails about it because she just was buzzing and waggling every day. And... The questions, the nature of the questions really showed that she was even more of a bee. She wanted to know what planet they came from and in what millennium they landed here and through what dimension and where they're going and when they leave, where they're going to populate other galaxies. I mean, it was all really quite amazing, which is another reason I teach in in Europe, because these kinds of questions are, are a lot more likely to come out of people's mouths in Europe. So, you know, America, sometimes they want to know why fluffy peas on their rug. In Europe, they want to know what dimension the animals are from and in what millennium they landed on the planet. So (laughs) I I love going over there. And 
the, the morning that the bees were supposed to come, they come to get in their box every single morning. The one morning she's going to bring the bee box to the workshop, the bees are nowhere to be found. This woman shows up at my seminar. She's in tears. She's in shock. She can't believe that her, you know, her goal in life has failed because she wanted the entire group of probably 100 people to, to tune into her bee. We call a lunch break, and somebody came up to me and says, Amelia, you have to see this. There's somebody at the front door. And I was like, yeah, right, right. I'm hungry. i got to eat. So no, there's someone at the door. You need to see this. And we were in downtown Basel, Switzerland. This is not out in the countryside. <laughs> we're not on a farm. I open the door and step out into the street, and there's this enormous wall of bees that are coming down the street. That are they're dodging cars and they're coming down the street and they're coming straight to my workshop. So the bees that that she wanted to go sit in the box all day, didn't want to sit in the box all day. They sent representatives. <laughs> Which is incredible. I love it. <laughs> but the simplest fix, to get back to your question, I mean, if we have to get really simple and practical and proactive, because where people get overwhelmed is when they say, oh, gosh, you know, the whales, the bees, this, that, the other, it's its too overwhelming and there's nothing we can do. And that's the defeatist attitude that got us into this mess in the first place. And if every single person did some small thing, now I, I recommended that every single person put a little package of wildflower seeds on every gift they give. And I did it this last Christmas. We could completely restore our bee population. Because if you think about it, there's no purpose for a green pesticided lawn. It doesn't do anything. It's expensive. We go out and we put chemicals on it and we mow it, and it has no meaning at all. It's not a vegetable garden. It's not something we can benefit from. And if everybody would just plant a little wildflower garden, and not put any pesticides on it, we could completely restore the bee population in America. Within a year, we could. So there are solutions, and people just have to to just get a second wind and have hope. I know that's not real easy to do in America right now, but we have to find ways to contribute because that the bottom line is, Joanne, that's what we came to do. That's why we're on the planet right now. We came to help the planet and we have to be brave. You know, you, you sound like you're a very, very brave soul. I actually have a, had a Power Your Life TV show that's on hiatus, and we had a beekeeper actually here from New Jersey who was talking about some of the changes that need to be done. And, and it's, I, you know, I wholeheartedly believe in, in your mission, and I want to be able to present a little bit of the the sensitivity that you encountered and and the wisdom that you encountered with some of these wild animals that people have stereotypes for, oh, and they're afraid. And what you bring is the element of of community between us and these creatures that it's like, oh, they're they're in our supermarket, let's kill them, you know, something like that. So tell us a little bit about the encounter with the elephant because – 
<laughs> many people, I, I love that from the book, and, and I just want people to hear some of what they are telling you, not just that, you know, everything's going to be horrible or whatever, because they, they, they present hope, but just some of, get a little bit of, of their personalities coming through, just like the bees that didn't want to be boxed in, just <laughs> came through the streets to get their message across. Well, the elephants, some of the elders of this planet are very upbeat. (laughs) The elephants and the whales and the great white sharks, they're they're pretty upbeat despite all the things that we're doing because they they still have patience with us. And they have a lot of hope that things are going to get better. And I have an elephant family that meets me at my tent every time I go to Africa. Now, this is a family of five elephants. I've written a chapter about this extraordinary situation because they'll know before my plane lands what park I'm going to be in. So when I land this last year, I had a local man come up to me, jumping up and down, crying, picking me up at the airport, saying, they lady, we knew you were in the, in the, in the park. We knew you were coming to our camp. I said, how did you know? He said, the elephants have been waiting all day around your tent. One one year, I was in a different camp, so I was in a different lodge, not where I normally lead the safaris, and I am leading the safaris this year in November. And I think you should come, Joanne. I think love you. I would love to have you. So... This is something to aspire to, everybody. Save your air miles. I'm offering these discount safaris, and I'm teaching you how to go talk to these animals, not just take their picture, but actually learn how to converse with them and listen to what they have to tell us. And this one family was in, I was having lunch in a different camp, and I saw them there, and I said, listen, you guys, I'm not staying here tonight. I'm way down there at this other place. And I just named it by name, and I said, I'm in tent number five. If you're, if you can hear me, meet me there first thing in the morning. And the next morning, 5 o'clock, I wake up in this tent, and I feel this gentle crushing just outside <laughs> my tent. They're very I, – I, I mean, I can tell you that every stereotype is not just wrong – it's the exact opposite of what the animals are. Elephants are fast. They're silent when they move. They can arrive all around you in a herd. You'll never hear a thing. They're elegant. They're graceful. They're loving, better mothers than we are. There's no such thing as an orphanage in the elephant world. If there's mm. a baby, the mommies will all take the baby in. They'll assign a new mother for the baby. If somebody's sick, they assign a doctor. Somebody's the nursemaid. Same thing is true of of great white sharks, who are actually really joyous, gentle beings. Because they they could kill every person who comes in the water. And the way that we've polluted their ocean and what we're doing with the sonar, they have the right to kill us all, and they don't. Yeah, they could be animals. They could be really angry with what we have done to the planet in the name of of progress without recognizing that the balance and the sustenance of 
ourselves and our planet depend upon the animals and the plants. What did the great white shark tell you when when you had that meeting with with him? Well, I'm going to encourage all your listeners to go to my website because on the homepage, and this is just AmeliaKinkade.com, it's spelled K-I-N-K-A-D-E.com, I've actually filmed this. So you can watch the film of the communication with the great white shark. But when the queen of the great white sharks took a, a meeting with me, this grandmother matriarch, her message was, if you can teach your children how to talk to our children, there might be some hope for the future of the human race. Wow. So they're using sonar. And what you're talking about when you're developing your intuition, you're reading energy, that's what sonar is. And that's how a lot of the animals in the ocean see. I mean, that's their equivalent of sight. They're sending out waves of energy, and then they're reading. It's bouncing off things around them, and they're getting a read on objects, animals, boats. You know, they can even tell you how fast something's going and in what direction. So we're developing our sixth sense, and I, I, I firmly believe that it's really our next step in our evolution, and that it's the only hope. We have to start opening our hearts and learn how to use our in, uh, what's being considered supernatural and allow that to start being simply natural. You know, Amelia, it's everybody, and I know this because I teach this, everybody has that ability to, to open up their, their psychic and their intuitive awareness. And I love that you're teaching it because I think you're right. It's so very important. And also being able to read the energy of, of beings is, is a piece of that as well. So again, bravo to, to what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about your charity. I love the name of it, Archangel. You told us a little bit about your teaching. Well, we are volunteers this year. I've got a couple of ladies who come on the safaris every year that started out as clients. And we'll be going into the schools, and I also go into churches. And changing the consciousness of the next generation is really the only game in town. You know, when I when I wrote this book and I thought, do I focus on a specific charity to rescue tigers or elephants or stop ivory and stop can lion hunting? And all that is true. That's all in the book. The bottom line is the people that are functioning out of greed, and that greed is paying off for them. I mean, if you punch a lion that's murdering a perfectly well-mannered, docile, tame lion, and somebody will fly down there to murder a lion and shock their head off, which is unbelievable to think that's happening in this day and age. Well, also for the ivory, the ivory for elephant, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's all yeah. it's all greed, and it's all it's all it's about greed. money. It's greed, but it's also about just simple survival for the children that I work with. Who 
Two little girls make go all day, and all they had to eat was water with a few pieces of corn in it. And this is after they got up at 4 a.m. and walked an hour and a half to get to water and bring the water back for the family and do all the chores. So it's a different world they're living in. And if, if we're sensitive to the fact that if people are starving and they've got sick mothers and grandmothers and sick children and they've got people to feed and care for, they have to make a living somehow. So the goal of the charity is to teach children they can get jobs protecting the animals. They can get jobs on the safari parks as hostesses or manicurists, or they can study to be a nurse, or they could be a ranger. They can get jobs doing things that are going to help sustain the economy and have people fly in from all over the world to take photos of these animals, not to murder these animals. And I mean, I firmly, I, I know for a fact, I firmly believe children get it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that our intuition was in place until it got shamed out of us by our society. That something had to happen. Somebody had to come along and tell you, no, you can't talk to your cat. You you can't see your grandmother's spirit in your room the day after she died. Somebody had to tell you that that's not real. Because children know that it is. They know that animals can talk. They know that animals can feel. So I'm trying to get to these kids and, and just keep that flame alive. You know, I and think it's... Adults, you know, we're rekindling what was there to begin with. Right. I think it's also important. I love what you're doing there. But I also think it's important for, for some of the education to take place here. We could be building. We could, you know... I, People could be growing bees and, and and creating more organic areas for butterflies, for bees. And, again, it's about education and awareness. So I would hope that we could take this not just into one area where there's the greatest need at the moment, but really be able to make this a global. I don't think the people in the United States recognize, the children, not all of them, recognize the the dilemma and the crossroads that we're at at this moment in in time. And I think that, that that's an important piece as well. I absolutely agree. And it's it's a work that can be done everywhere around the world. I'm, I'm hoping to get to go to South Korea for the first time in May. And that's only because my books got published there by some act of God. And I'm getting emails from Korean children telling me they don't want to eat dogs and cats anymore because they've read my book. Bravo, bravo. Tell us a little bit about the great white shark. People are afraid of sharks, and they, and again, they think that, that some of these animals are simplistic. They don't have a soul. They don't have a heart. They don't care. And what you're discovering and teaching, Amelia, is so opposite, which is so encouraging. And people need to hear this. So what... What about the great white shark? Well, whatever we choose to be afraid of is a reflection of us. Right. So it's a reflection of our shadow self. That it, No matter what we project it on. And some people are deathly afraid of mice. Some people are afraid of spiders. Some people are afraid of bees. Some people are afraid of snakes. 
Do you and know that? Do you know? I just want to interrupt you real fast. Do you know that that you can actually talk to spiders? I have spoken to spiders who land in certain places, and I've said to them, "Could you, you know, would you mind just taking your web and and really doing it in another area because you're going to get the screen is going to hit you." And, and they have obliged. People look at me like I'm crazy. It's like, well, Joanne, it's in the hat. Why don't you just kill it? Why would I kill it? No, no, sure they do. And until we can listen to them, we don't know what consciousness insights have. It's possible and apparent that they're way ahead of us. I mean, I, I couldn't build a perfect hexagram out of anything, much less... <laughs> You know, I couldn't do it. I could not build a perfect hexagram. And a bee's honeycomb, the hive, is three-dimensional perfect hexagrams. It's what they can do is so impossible. And I think there's something in us that um, that's afraid. You know, I think that we know that they're incredibly intelligent. And that it scares us somehow. That it's easier to try to be condescending and to say, oh, well, they're not as smart as we are. They can't think and feel. Well, until you can have a conversation with a great white shark, how could you dare assume what she can think and feel? I agree. And it's, I, I'm challenging a lot of prejudices in this book. And people are taking that hook, line, and sinker that they saw it on Shark Week or they read it in a book, therefore that scientist must be right. Rather than, than acknowledging, maybe I can actually have a conversation with an animal or an insect and arrive at something by myself that I can have an authentic conversation. Now, you're on the East Coast. <laughs> I can tell you, yeah. in my first book, <laughs> I wrote this story about squirrels. And my, 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 uh, I, I thought I, sh- I shouldn't publish this. I should pull it out of the book. And my editor at Random House said, Amelia, if you cut that story, I'm going to come to your house with a gun and I'm going to shoot you in the head. And <laughs> the New York Times ended up drawing a cartoon of me squatting down with a squirrel. Because in the squirrel story, I said, all squirrels say to you is, hey, lady, you got nuts? You got me nuts? They don't care if you can talk or not. They just care if you have nuts. That's all they care about. Is if you can hear me, go get me some nuts. And I'm, well, I'm on my way to an appointment. And he says, I'll wait. <laughs> go get me some nuts. As long as they know they're not talking, right? I'll be here in an hour. Like hang it upside down from this tree. I'll be here in an hour. Go get me some nuts. So in their minds, humans are just these people who have these huge nut warehouses, which in a way we kind of do. I mean, our grocery stores are like nut warehouses. Right. So, but you can have a conversation with anything and not listen to all the prejudices we've been taught but just have an authentic reaction with the world around you. And that's what children do until they're told that this is what that feels and this one has no soul and that one will kill you and such and such. Because maybe none of that's true. We're, we're, you know, it's time to have an entire revolution in the way that we see other living beings on this planet. 
and and I think you're you're leading that in many ways. I work with a little boy. You need you love this story. Who he was moving, and he was saying when he moved into a more of a rural area, that and he was very gifted psychically. What people would say at the time, he said that. He talks to the birds, and, and actually that they had forewarned some of the creatures in the area that he was coming, that he could communicate them and with them, and he was and they were very happy to, to receive him. And he had some of the most beautiful conversations. But he also had a mother who embraced that and who understood that he received messages in a whole lot of ways and didn't really limit that and say no that's not real like so many people do like you said because they're afraid and so it was allowed to blossom and the communication between him and the birds and the squirrels and and other animals that's what got my mind thinking about that were were just beautiful and very loving and very upbeat my yeah and it's Really wonderful now. There's a whole generation of my students that are having kids. So we're in the next generation of students. And a lot of people are allowing their children to grow up with the talents and abilities that they have. There are a lot of extraordinary kids coming into this planet right now. And it's kind of a, it's the rescue mission, you know. It's the cleanup committee that's here now to try to get things done. Unfortunately, I totally agree. I think it's becoming a lot more widespread. The funny thing, though, Joanna, is that I'm seeing a little bit of a of a backlash now. I'll go. I'll be teaching a workshop, and a mother will bring in her kid, and the kid will be rolling his eyes, thinking, saying, "Oh, my mother's this hippie." <laughs> <laughs> my my mother's a crazy hippie, and I'm I don't believe in any of this, you know, because they're rebelling against their mothers, their previous generation. Right. Now, we only have a few more minutes. Tell people, again, how they can get a hold of you, find out, look at, take a look at the video that you have, and also a final message or two that you want to leave with our listeners because what you're saying is so valuable, and I want everybody to hear it. Awesome. Well, I'm about to teach a, a seminar in Palm Springs. So this is the third weekend in March. I'm in the process of adding some more days so that we're going to be able to go out on a whale boat. And the website is just ameliakincaid.com. So this book is called Whispers from the Wild. It's available on Amazon and in some bookstores and through New World Library, who published it. And I'm building the new Language of Miracles Institute online so people can watch for that. I'll also have that on ameliakincaid.com. And the safaris are listed there on my schedule page. And they're filling up fast. I may even add a couple more dates because they're filling up so quickly. But if anybody wants to come experience Africa in a new and magical way, those are all up on my website. I hope you come sometime, Joanne. I would love to I would love you. to. Amelia, tell people a little bit about these safaris. How long is it and, and what goes on? And because I'm already I'm already seeing pictures in my mind about it and I'm getting very excited. Well, if you go to go to www.ameliakinkay.com and then you look on my schedule page, which is on the left column, you're going to see upcoming events. 
Now, this year, I'm doing something very different. And there's a very famous lodge where the elephants walk through the lobby. And it's an occurrence that just has the world mesmerized because they they come right into the hotel. (laughs) And they walk through the lobby of the hotel. People are sitting there eating lunch, and the elephants don't spill a teacup. They don't disturb a thing. They're on their way to their favorite mango tree, which is on the other side of the lobby. And this is the this is the family that greets me at my tent every year. This is my own close personal family. So we'll be there for five nights. Then we're going to go back to the the lodge where I always have gone with this amazing view of a watering hole where 11 giraffes come in and drink. Everything you can imagine is on this vista, the savanna. You're going to see warthogs and crocodile and hippos and cuckoo and kudu and their crown cranes and baboons and all sorts of monkeys. and It's like the Garden of Eden. Everything you could imagine is living in perfect harmony together. So the safari's Eight nights, I mean, there are choices. You could take the first half and not the second half, a different price point. And then I'm taking people up to the gorilla. So you also can see the gorilla safaris in Rwanda. And we'll go greet the group, and the group will come down and greet us. And you have the most astonishing day of your life. Just in a peaceful community of gorilla in one of the most beautiful places in the world. So those are my those are my big events. And, and it's so important. You know, there's one thing I wanted to add and that is in terms of what they teach us. You were telling telling our listeners about the intricacies of building a web and and hexagon and they also teach us about communities and about caregiving for all of our, whether it's an elder in the community or a baby or whatever animal. And that message, too, is so vital, and they, they've mastered it. I love that. Thank you. They really have. The gorilla families, the gorilla groups are <clears throat> some of the most peaceful animals I've ever been around. And the entire structure works beautifully. They they love each other. They care about each other. And they have a lot to teach us in that way. Amelia, I can't say more. I mean, I have so much respect for what you're doing and also the writing and this book. Like I said, I, I could not put it down. It encouraged me. It gave me hope. And what you're doing, like I said, is very vital. And it's it's about being able to sustain our lives. And I, when I say our lives, I'm not just speaking about humans. I'm speaking about all beings everywhere. And to really recognize the inter the intercommunication and and the need for that um, on a global scale. So thank you so much for what you offer, for what you're teaching and what you're believing in and helping to change minds and lives in the process. Oh, thank you so much, Joanne. What a delight. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. We'll find we'll have you again because maybe we can do something with the safari. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? 
I have ideas. Oh, boy. That would be great. There's still space, <laughs> but it's filling up fast, so grab it and come. Just book it and come. Wonderful. Thanks again, Amelia, for all that you're doing, and have a blessed day. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. We're going to be changing gears next week, January 25th. We have Dave, also known as Doe Fishman, who is saying and you are perfectly cared for. He's going to show us, teach us, and tell us how we can communicate with our higher selves. January 25th, that's next Wednesday at noon. And remember, you can always hear the replays, if you weren't able to catch the live show, you can go to Blog Talk Radio, my website, Dr. Joanne, D-R-J-O-A-N-N-E-W-H-I-T-E.com. Take a look at some of the upcoming shows and free articles that we offer people. And remember, you have the power to influence, to change your life. And not only that, you also have the power to affect the lives and the sustenance of our planet. So remember to take charge, to speak up, to educate yourself, and to do all that you can to be the most beautiful being, the most beautiful you that you can be. Thanks so much for joining me and for listening and contributing to Power Your Life. Have a blessed day, evening, wherever you are on the planet. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.